Great leaders are always learning. Tune in each week as we dig deep into the minds of America's top leaders and uncover their secrets for success and the pivotal moments that got them there. If you are looking for executive coaching that will drive you and your team to the winning goal line, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Leader's Playbook. Uh, As you know, every week we'll have a guest come on that's an exceptional leader that's done some amazing things in their industry uh, that leads people through adversity and all the above. What we're here to do is get the tips and the insights from these exceptional leaders and bring them here on set so that we can all benefit from this knowledge and again, this insight. And so today, super excited, have Mr. Scott Flannery, CEO of United Healthcare over this entire region. And man, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Justin, okay. appreciate it. So um, going back to how you and I met, yep. interesting story. Um, we have a mutual friend and we go out to what I, was my first kick and shoot yep. uh, quail hunt. And um, so he had told me, knowing that I'm in healthcare, there's this guy, he's a pretty big deal. He's you know <laughs> part of United Healthcare CEO. You, you need to meet this guy. And I think you guys will like each other. And so I'm sitting there at breakfast that morning of the first hunt and he says to me, so I have a group of guys sitting at the table and there's this older gentleman with white hair. And um, so Ted tees it up, I guess. He's like, hey, Justin, how's business going? So I'm like, well, this must be the guy. <laughs> and so I start telling him how business is going. And, and this guy takes out his readers and his cell phone and starts texting. I was like, well, that, that didn't work out. I don't know that this is going <laughs> to jive. And then um, so later that afternoon, I'm on, on the hunt and I'm talking to this guy. He's super cool. We're talking football and all this other stuff. Real chill guy. And I look over at him and I'm like, so what do you do? And he's like, I'm the CEO of United Healthcare. My name's Scott Flannery. I was like, this is the guy, man. This is perfect. And so I remember that. Ted was right, man. Yeah. So yeah. Appreciate uh, that. thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, again, so here today, just want to learn a little bit about sure. you and, and uh, again, help have you share your wisdom with our viewers on okay. what it takes to be an exceptional leader. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, again, I've been with United Healthcare for 23, it'll be 23 years in July. Um, I started as a sales guy, um, kind of worked my way up uh, through the ranks and, and just did many, many a different uh, roles and positions as I went up there. Um, but I was originally born in Pennsylvania. I went cool. to uh, Ursanis College where I played football and wrestled. I uh, was fortunate enough my senior year to earn All-American uh, honors as a wrestler. Um, and I think those things really kind of set me up to be in the business world when I, when I graduated. So that competition and um, kind of that discipline and all those things I think has kind of really propelled me into to my career and the things that I've done um, over the course of the 20 some years. So. Yeah, wow, I bet. I mean, wrestling of all things too so competitive and it's like you against another guy you've got to have some some stuff to take that on it's embarrassing when you lose i can tell you that (laughs) oh yeah and and that and that obviously has happened to anybody that's wrestled has lost so it it, yeah uh, it's a humbling experience for sure and for some of us embarrassing to be in a singlet (laughs) yeah well nowadays for sure but (laughs) yeah with the spotlight on you (laughs) so you've got um, kind of an impressive family tell me a bit a bit about the the siblings and and what you got going on there so um yeah so um my, uh, I have an older brother that played uh, 10 years in the NFL, or yeah, I guess 10 seasons in the NFL. Um, he was drafted in uh, 92, and so he went to the Houston Oilers. I've got a, a little sister who um, played Division One softball. Um, and so uh, ath- athletics has run deep in our family. I've got a daughter now that plays Division One soccer, and wow. I have a son who just wrapped up his uh, 12-year hockey career. And so, uh, yeah, so with, uh, athletics was always a big part of our family. Got some athletes. You're the middle of the siblings? I am the middle, so yes. So did your, your big brother beat on you and all that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, he's six foot four, 300 <laughs> some pounds. So, yeah, I, I've lost my share of those battles as well. Yeah. I, I, I won one or two every now and then, but for the most part, I was on the, the, the L column is definitely bigger than the W column. Oh, yeah. Well, that's 
being the little brother, <laughs> I experienced that myself. So um, how about, you know, home life? Do you have kids and yep. all that? Yeah, so two, two kids, uh, wife, oh, yeah. my wife and I have been married 20, 22, 23 years we've been Congrats. married. Um, we've lived in Plano pretty much um, since we moved to Texas. We moved to Texas about 25 years ago, uh, transferred out of the Philadelphia marketplace where I was working for um, Prudential Healthcare, um, mm -hmm. and they transferred me to Dallas. It was, it was kind of interesting. I'll tell you this real funny story real quick. So they, they came to me and said, um, they had a training program, and they said, uh, when, you've, when you sign up for this, it's not like this anymore, but when you sign up for the training program, you had to agree to be relocated for two years, and if you, and if you didn't go, then you owed back whatever they spent for you on training. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I was not a great college student, but I was very focused on this because I learned was um, the higher you rank in the class, the more the best pick you get of what market you're going to move to. Oh, okay. So I finished number one in the class, and I knew Dallas had an open position. So they said, list your top five choices. I wrote Dallas, 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 Dallas. <laughs> I think that's five. So, so I ended up moving to Dallas nice. um, as a result of that. And, so, um, and that was with Prudential, and that really kind of got my career started. Yeah, and that was kind of something I was going to ask you is what was the career path? So coming yeah. out of... You're out of college, you went right to Prudential and... Yeah, yeah, I interviewed, so, so like I said, uh, I focused much more on athletics than I did on academics, which was hindsight, I guess was okay, um, probably should have spent more time. And so uh, I interviewed for just the time I graduated from college, everybody was getting the jobs as pharmaceutical sales reps, that was the yeah. job to have. Um, you know, I quickly found out that um, with, uh, with my GPA that, you know, they weren't, uh, weren't going to hire. Um, or work on hire me, I should say. Um, and one, one of the funniest things, that's a funny story, I was in an interview and I said to the guy, I said, would you rather have somebody with a 2.4, you know, that was an all-American athlete and that could carry a conversation, would you rather have a 4.0 that, you know, spent all their time studying and I guess he chose the 4.0 <laughs> because I never got a call back, um, which was really funny because it ended up, you know, for me, it ended up being a good thing, yeah. um, you know, from a, from a career standpoint. And so, um, you know, I ended up in the insurance business and, and started off with that. Well, you didn't start out as a CEO, so tell right. me about the yeah. ladder and, and how long it took you to kind of really start ascending, and what were yeah. some of the things you did? I mean, because that's I mean that's a hard yeah. goal to achieve. Yeah. So I so I had a um, I, I was dating a girl from college, um, and her father was a was a very successful salesman and had his own business, and you know he was really the kind of driving force. And to this day, I still consider him. He passed away last year. Great guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I considered him a mentor and he, you know, he's like, you know, with your personality, Scott, and the things that you've done, you should really think about getting in the sales. That's kind of the spot for you. And so um, it was really kind of at his advice or his kind of uh, guidance that I got into the sales roles. Uh, and so that's kind of started my career. Interestingly enough, early on, when, especially when I started having some success, I said stupid things like, um, who would ever get into management? Like this is the greatest thing ever being in sales. You work your own schedule and you get to do these things. And so really early on and, and with the success I had as a sales guy, I, I never thought about being in leadership or management. Uh, in fact, I, I looked at some of the folks that I reported to and said, why would I ever do that? Yeah. Um, but but uh, obviously that changed over time. So did um, at, at United Healthcare, um, so how did you feel like they identified you to, to move into more of a formal leadership role? Is, is there something going on internally there that they identify talent or? You know, we do. Um, I, I think we, we didn't do as good a job back then. Um, what I would say is that, um, and, and this is, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but I, I kind of promoted myself and here's, and here's what happened. Um, you know, we were growing tremendously at the time here in the Dallas Health Plan. And the, uh, the gentleman that I was reporting to had what I thought was too much on his plate. Um, in the fact that you know there were sales reps that that needed some guidance and some and some coaching and so I basically went to him and just said listen you don't have to pay me anymore but let me run the sales team and if you just get me an intern um, to help me with some of the 
you know, the minutia, the volume of the RFPs that were coming in, mm -hmm. then I'll help coach the sales team and we'll kind of get them running. Uh, so I did that just as an informal kind of first leadership role after saying things like I'd never get into leadership. And I really enjoyed it because yeah. it, I, it was able to take the things that I could do and kind of multiply them amongst a sales team and, and driving strategy and direction and those things. And so that was really kind of my first caveat or first first taste of that. And, and I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, and that was kind of how I kind of got started into leadership and into management. But again, I, it was kind of like at my own asking. It really wasn't like sure. a formal you know, promotion or anything like that. So you, I mean, you're, you're collegiately, it's an individual sport, wrestling, not to say, you know, you yeah. played football and otherwise sales can in many ways be led by your own individual Absolutely. efforts. So then you get kind of thrust into this leadership role and you find yourself in a position where it's like, man, I kind of yeah. like this. Is that, um, why do you think that was really? Well, you know what, it's funny, it's, it was kind of the opposite, right? So I realized one of the things that, that, that helped me be successful as a sales guy um, was was the ability to partner and to bring other people into the process and so you know to me everybody had a role mm -hmm. right and so too many sales guys would as an example would go in and say okay I'm running the show and they'd get an hour meeting with a customer and they wouldn't introduce the service team or they wouldn't introduce the back room folks and so I think pretty early on I realized that hey if I can get these folks engaged and get them to start building relationships because as a sales guy in many businesses you know once the sales made you're you're kind of in the in the back room on some of that stuff, and mm -hmm. so it was really important to me to say, okay, we've got to we've got to make sure that they understand who their team is and they feel comfortable with them, and that's going to help me sell. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was the aha moment for me, and that's one of the things, um, you know, I started encouraging, um, you know, to to the folks that I was uh, coaching at the time, like, you got to bring your team in, you got to have them be part of the process, and that's going to make you successful. Yeah, it makes sense. So really um, kind of creating a legacy among your team and being able to pass the torch kind of maybe what I'm hearing there, but um, what are some of those fundamentals, some of those attributes you, you possess as a leader that you think has helped you to succeed in, in your role? <laughs> well, you know, I, um, success is obviously defined differently for different folks. I, you know, I, I, I just, I feel like, um, you know, one of the things that I do is I just try to be authentic and, you know, I'm not, I'm not out to, um, you know, I'm not out to really impress my bosses, I don't think. I mean, I, you know, hopefully I've done that over the course of the years, but that's not what I wake up in the morning thinking about. I wake up in the morning thinking about the folks I work with, you know, the things that, uh, that they need to be successful. I, I believe if you're a good leader, if the people around you are successful, you can't help but be successful. Right. But if you focus on your success, I think you make probably some decisions that, that disenfranchise your, your team. And, um, you know, I think that's probably not good. Um, you know, and, and let's face it, leadership has changed over the past three or four decades, you know, mm -hmm. the, the whole, I'm the boss, you do what I say. Um, that's not really the way things work, yeah. and uh, or especially not nowadays. And so it's really about kind of engaging your team, hiring good people, letting them make decisions, and, and just kind of providing guidance and, and leader, you know, a little bit of leadership along the way. A, bi a big component of that probably is like the HR side and, and recruiting the right talent yeah. and having the right talent, the right executive yeah. talent around you guys that are self-motivated, that don't Absolutely. need to be prompted and prodded along um, is that something that you benefit from it? it oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good hirings. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'll, f I'll just admit it right off. I like hiring athletes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they understand the, the team environment. They also understand the, 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 the balance that you need and, um, and, and the sacrifice, you know, that needs to be made. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I try to surround myself with people that are in that mode, not that they have to be an athlete, but sure. that, you know, they're able to balance multiple things and, and, and do those things. And so um, that's what I look for sure. when we're hiring is kind of that, you know, team atmosphere. I want to be involved. 
I want to work as a team, and that and that's you know it's it has served us well as a business. Sure, because well, you're going to battle in many ways, however you define that, but yeah. the day-to-day -day challenges. Um, speaking on that, so as you've kind of maybe it's worn out, but as you led through a pandemic, what were some of the challenges that you guys faced that you faced, and how did yeah. you keep this team focused and, and directed through through the pandemic? Yeah, so I, I think you know transparency is is probably the most important part, especially in the pandemic. But I think it's the most important part always. Mm -hmm. um, and so just sharing information as much information as you can get. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Is you know one of the things that we do on a monthly basis is um, you know I share the financials of the health plan with all the employees inside the health plan. Uh, and some people may say, well, that's you know sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But but my my point to that is I want them to understand. Uh, I want our teams to understand why we're doing what we're doing. So whether we're, you know, whether we're pushing on this area of the business or we're pushing on that area of the business, I think it's more important that people understand that. I, I had a boss very early on. I loved the guy. He was a great guy. Um, but one of the things that, that he did that I, you know, um, so let me sidetrack. One, one of the things I always thought was um, as a leader, you learn as much from quote unquote bad leaders as you learn from good leaders. And what you learn from bad leaders is, if I'm ever a leader, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so what I learned from this, this gentleman who, who again, I, I really liked the guy and I respected him, but the one thing I took away was, you know, lack of transparency. Mm -hmm. And so there was times where you were, you know, if you just were honest with me, I could probably get behind this and we could get, get moving a lot faster. And so I just always decided that that transparency and honesty with folks is, is mm -hmm. the way I'm going to lead. And, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that bites you, but at the end of the day, if you're consistent in that, I think you'll win more times than you won't. That's great. Well, let's get back on the personal stuff a little sure. bit. Let's, let's shift okay. a little bit. So tell me a little bit about um, your drivers. What are your hobbies? I know a couple of these. <laughs> but Anything that has to do with the outdoors is, yep. uh, you know, I, I would say I would rank them. Um, you know, watching my kids play sports is probably the number one, my favorite thing to do. Um, and then right after that is spending time in the outdoors, whether it's hunting or fishing or whether it's hiking or, you know, whatever it might be, or if it's, you know, spending some time on a, on a tractor, um, you know, that those are the things that I really, really enjoy to do outside of, you know, working. So, um, on the hunt I referenced earlier, you were talking about this turkey, uh, oh, yeah. hunt. tell me about that because that was really so, interesting. So I failed. Um, so <laughs> it's the Turkey Grand Slam, which is, there's four major species of turkey in North America. Uh -huh. And, uh, I was only able to get three out of the four. Um, so, uh, so I, I, I failed. I, I may try it again here in a few more years, but, um, you know, as, as funny as it may sound, it was, it was an exhausting experiment. Like it was, wow. it was, you know, there's mornings where you wake up and you're like, I, I'd really like to stay in bed today. We're like, I'm, I'm on this quest. And so you, you kind of, you kind of keep pushing yourself through it. How many people have accomplished this? With a bow, I think there's yeah. only like 40 some people that have ever done it all in the same year. Plenty of people have done it. Yeah. Um, and plenty of people have done it, um, with a bow, but all, you know, all of them in the same year, which, um, that, that was the challenge. It's it's a commitment though. It wasn't, I was surprised when you were telling me about this. It's not like regional to Texas. I mean, you were going all over, oh, yeah. the, all over yep. the country, right? Yep. So Wyoming, uh, Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas. Wow. So I mean, in, a, in about a 30 day time period. And not bad. I mean, yeah, you're getting to yeah. go out and hunt. And yeah, absolutely. No, no, yeah, there's, I'm not complaining. Yeah, and with a bow. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, let me think here. I wanted to ask you a couple other questions. Um, hopping back to industry. Yeah. Um, just trying to shake you up a little bit. That's right. But you hop back to industry. So what do you foresee some of the challenges that have, uh, I think, been imposed on the healthcare industry in general through COVID testing? What, what, how is the insurance companies? I mean, it's had to have been a pretty major drain on, on the system overall. Like, yeah. how do we? Well, I think we learned a lot too, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, 
I think one of the things that came out of the pandemic, the pandemic that was really positive was that the kind of increased utilization of things like telemedicine, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that was great. I mean, went from very, you know, mid-teen mid uh, utilization to the 80s and 90s and, and um, you know, challenge now is keeping it there. Yeah. Um, I think we learned a lot of things around remote monitoring mm -hmm. um, and how do we use kind of maybe not the normal settings to make sure that we're, that we're taking care of patients and, help, and helping them be healthy. And I think we learned a lot about our people. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot about, you know, how resilient number one folks can be and, and then number two is, you know, how effective they could be working in this changed environment. Uh, I'm not personally a huge fan of 100% of telecommuting. Um, but I but I see where it has its value, and so I think, you know, when balanced and deployed properly, so so those things are that we learned, and um, I think there'll be good learnings. You know, you know, will there ever be another snow day at school? Probably not, right? Yeah. Like we could switch to virtual in in a matter of hours and and do those things. So, you know, we learned a lot of things through the pandemic, and so I think there are things that'll be able to be applied and make us more efficient moving forward. Yeah, well, that a lot of innovations have come out of it. A lot yeah. of like in the home, as you yeah. mentioned before. Yeah. So that's that's good, and so. Are we prepared in your mind as a system if there is another, not even COVID necessarily, but a yeah. different type of virus? How do, how do we? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, prepared, I, you know, who knows what it, what it throws at you. I, what I would say is where, we're, where we should be focused on mental health mm -hmm. uh, and the health of our children and health of our employees. I, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a concern. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people um, have created or, or have experienced anxiety and, and loss over the course of the last um, couple of years. And, you know, I think we're going to see a spike in the in the utilization of mental health. I mean, we're seeing crazy things like college athletes and depression and suicide, and it's just things we haven't experienced in the past. And yeah. I think, um, you know, whether it's all related to it or whether it's partially related, I mean, the pandemic has a lot to do with those it things. Does. And so, but again, I think it's you know, we go back to leadership. I think it's about you know being open and honest with your folks. I think it's about having uh, being compassionate and having sympathy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and you know the the stigma that's associated with things like mental health. Um, we've all got to do a, a better job at learning about it and and being more empathetic towards it um, when we see it because it's real, mm -hmm. right? Even though I may not feel it personally at a certain time, it's real for other people, and yeah. you've got to make sure that you're, um, you know, that you're having the proper proper level of care to that. Running a lab, I think something that was really unique for us was just the, the throughput and the volume that we've yeah, never yeah. seen. It was unprecedented. Yeah. And I'd have to assume, obviously, the same on the claims processing side yeah. for you guys. So how yeah. did you guys handle that? I mean, it was a challenge for us. Yeah. How did you guys adapt? Yeah, well, I think you, ha you had two things happening for us at the same time, right? You had the influx of those things, and then you had kind of the the outflux or, or the non-existence of some of the electives and things of that, mm -hmm. of that nature. And so, you know, I would say that the... Um, you know, the volume probably wasn't dramatically different um, because you had the loss of one and the increase of the other. True. I think the, the, the variety, though, was different. It wasn't like, um, you know, if you're in a business like ours, you know, the most days processing claims looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. uh, this was something different, right? It threw at us a, 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 different, um, a different variable. And then, by the way, you had, you know, the federal government and others putting regulations and mandates and things in. So you're you're changing things in real time. Like, it wasn't like they said, we're gonna put this mandate in, you have four months to implement it. Put this mandate in and we want you to start doing it, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so those were the things I think that created the stress points was the the real timeness, yeah. if that's a word, of of the things that were changing and, and trying to make sure that you, you know, you took care of your, your the, uh, you know, the, the members that we serve and our, our customers. We had to make sure we took care of them and it was, it was, um, there was a lot of calls after hours and, you know, we're going to announce this tomorrow. And, um, but again, I think we grew from that. You know, we learned a lot. We, can, we know we can handle that. And, um, you know, I 
think about things like WebEx and, and Teams and all that. We barely used that stuff before, and now, we're, you know, now it seems like we're spending all day on it. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break um, after a quick message from our sponsor. MyLabsDirect.com, anytime, anywhere. MyLabsDirect.com, anytime, anywhere. Hey guys, welcome back to the Leaders Playbook. I'm sitting here with Scott Flannery, CEO of United Healthcare. Uh, Scott, just keeping it going here. Um, Want to ask you a little bit about you know you and, and kind of what are some of the things that you do? Uh, maybe walk us through the day to day, sure. like a daily life of Scott yeah. Flannery. What do you yeah. do? Well, you know, so much. So I don't travel as much anymore as I did in some other roles that I had at United Healthcare, which is a good thing. Um, so believe it or not, my my morning usually starts with about a. 45 minutes of, of just my wife and I talking about what's happening, what's going on. We, um, we have coffee together just about every morning unless I'm, unless I'm out of town. And so that's, that's kind of how I start my day. And quite honestly, that's, that's kind of where I get, where I get grounded mm -hmm. um, and kind of get my mind ready for the, re for, for the day and, and also know that you know, my work-life balance is, is, is being handled. And so it's, you know, there's a game today or there's practice or you know, when the kids were younger, couldn't drive, it's like, who's taking them and all these sorts of things. And so it really kind of gave us that you know, half hour to 45 minutes to, to kind of get that started. Um, from that point, I usually you know, head to the office or to a meeting if I have it. Um, I'm not really big about, hey, I do emails at the, this time of the day or I do this at this time of the day. Um, but but that, that 45 minutes each morning is kind of the, the one constant I have. Um, where I, you know, have a cup of coffee, maybe some toast or some breakfast, and, and we basically talk about what's going on. Um, you know, from time to time, she says she needs more money in the bank account or whatever it might be. But, but those are the things that we that we don't miss on, yeah. um, so that we're kind of balanced. And then, you know, are you going to be home for dinner? Do you have meetings for dinner? And and, and uh, we kind of get our things lined up for the for that day, and you know, for the next couple of days, typically. Are you uh, like how many hours a night sleeper are you? Uh, so I'm a solid. I'm a solid eight hours. You really? know, it's, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it's not uncommon for me to be, um, you know, to be watching TV at nine thirty and to be done at ten o'clock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I try to get up around five thirty or so. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I generally get you know a solid seven and a half at least. I can't function with that unless I do that. Uh, you, you try to go through routines and otherwise, like I've tried to do the four to five hour kind of. I can't do it either. Yeah. I, I need my, my no. Seven I need my sleep eight for yeah. sure. So that's interesting. Uh, how about diet? What do you what do you eat? You know, <laughs> I fluctuate on that. Um, you know, I'm a again as an avid outdoorsman. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of, you know, the smoker and mm -hmm. wild game and all those sorts of things. So I probably overdo that a little bit too much. Um, but uh, but you know, other than that, we we you know we eat relatively healthy in our house. And um, you know, when my daughter's home, again, she's a she's a Division One athlete, and so. Um, usually when she's home, we eat a little bit healthier mm -hmm. um, because she's she's kind of a, a health nut when it comes to that, and so um, so so it just depends, you yeah. know, kind of what's going on. When it's just when it's just my wife and my son and I, and she's at school, um, you know, it, it, it probably falls off the rails a little bit. So are you green egg Traeger or something different? You know, so I have the Traeger. Okay. Um, you know, at the ranch, I have a uh, I have a offset smoker, which mm -hmm. I love doing that, but that's oh, that's a totally different set of rules and, and a time commitment. Yeah. The Traeger is, you know, what they, what's their logo? Set it and forget it. So yeah, the Traeger exactly. works pretty well. Yeah. So what's the specialty, man? If I come over and you cook it up, what's the thing? You know, um, so I, I know that there's a lot of people that make really good ribs. I do dry ribs. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been told that they're really good. Yeah. Um, I think they're good, but everybody thinks their own barbecue is good. Um, but, you know, I'll make them for the hockey dads or whatever it might be. And so people generally like the, generally like the, dried, the dry rub ribs. Very cool. Smoked. Yeah. 
So I, I like to ask this question too. One, just to get the routine, I think it's yep. important. A lot of people want to know kind of what do you do and, and what, what differentiates you. Um, I like to ask this question too. So if you could go you know, back in time or into the future or otherwise, who's someone you'd want to meet, a de dead or alive, someone that, yeah. that yeah. inspires you? <coughs> yeah, so again, not, without getting overly uh, sentimental, my, my father died, my mom was pregnant with me, and so um, it would have been nice to have met him. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, I don't really, I don't really look back at most things. I mean, I, I, you know, I look at things and say, hey, everything happens for a reason. I tell my kids that all the time. Like, mm -hmm. you don't get into this school, or you know, this this person doesn't ask you to the, whatever it is. Um, I don't, I don't really focus a whole lot on the past. Mm -hmm. It seems to me like a waste of energy and a waste of time. Um, you know, I think the same things when we're doing business, right? It's like, hey, we need to know what happened and why it happened, but let's not let's not dwell on it because we can't change it. Uh, let's not make that mistake again. Right. But but we move forward. So I, I don't really dwell on the past a whole lot. Um, you know, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Probably parallels how you handle stress. So <laughs> so kind of what are some of those trigger or mechanisms that you use to kind of deal with? Because you're in a high stress position. So what do yeah. you do there? How do you balance yourself through all, you, all you of know, that? You know, to me, it's about I, I you know, again, you see different things over the course of your career. I, I think the people who um, who really struggle with stress and who maybe um, show it um, externally, uh, I think don't have a good work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, so, so to me, it's always about that. Like you have to have that time um, when you get away. Um, you know, so is it a good example? When I get home at night, um, probably around seven o'clock or so, my phone goes on a charger, mm -hmm. not near me. So I'm not dealing with, and my folks, you know, people, as much as important as you might think you are, people begin to learn what your habits are, and mm -hmm. so they, so people know. Unless you call my phone and it rings my watch, I, I'm not checking things after seven seven thirty at night or something like that because that's that's my family time. That's yep. my time to recharge my battery and those sorts of things. And so, um, I, I you know I think that has helped me over the course of my career deal with stresses. I you know when I'm away, I'm away, mm -hmm. um, and when I'm working, I'm working. That's and good. so if you if you commingle those two, then you're never away and I think things build up. Yep, I, I've always made a habit myself of the same family times family time. It's sanctitude. It's you know, um, but also like when I'm in a meeting with someone, I'm not checking the phone typically. Yeah. And I get sometimes people are like, I can't get a hold of you, yeah. but it's because I'm focused on yeah. that that person. And yeah. it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, you know, I, I see sales guys checking their phone, and I mean, what does that tell them the customer? Yeah, right. Like I'm not here with I'm you. Not, yeah, I'm not here with you. And there's something else more important. You know, when you're with somebody, that should be the most important thing that's that's happening at that time. That's right. Unless it's mama or yeah. the wife calling you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. emergencies. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But when are you going to be home for dinner? Yeah, I mean, right. Well, that's not an emergency, but <laughs> sometimes it is. It can be. <laughs> um, so if you could give tips to anyone, some again, some quick leadership yeah. tips uh, that you've learned along the way, yeah. uh, what would those be? Um, overall you know it's interesting I was thinking about this um, as I was driving here and 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 I think I shared this with with Kristen um, you know I when I'm when I'm coaching new leaders or somebody who's about to move into leadership position one of the exercises I like to do with them is say um, at your retirement party there's 15 people standing around that worked with you under you uh, on your team over the course of your career what do you want them to say about you yeah um, and how do you want them to talk about you as a leader? Because as a new leader, you actually have a chance to do that, right? But if you don't think about it, you don't write it down, you don't put some thought into how you want to be perceived, um, then you may not be perceived that way. Um, and so, and then, you know, check yourself on that, whether it's quarterly or every six months, you know, check and say, am I actually doing those things? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I actually did that very early on in my career. I was like, how, how do I want people to see me? Um, and how do I want to be thought of as a leader? I mean, not that you want to jump right away to your retirement, but sure. that's the way you want to be perceived. You have a really, you have an unwritten script that you can write on day one as a leader if you do those things. So I think that's one of the best tips. Um, again, it's, of course, it's kind of self-serving because it's my idea, but um, I think it's a good way to, I think it's a good way for folks to kind of build what they want to be over the course of their career. And you're going to, you're going to flex out of that, right? You're going to get stressed. There's going right. to be something that happens in your business that makes you not do those things. But if you can always kind of bring yourself back to the center and be what, what you want to be, then that's the way people will remember you. Self-serving as it may be, that's why we brought you on the show today. And I, man, I, I thank you so much for coming and, and joining us here on the Leader's yeah. Playbook. Thanks a lot. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Leader's Playbook. Be sure to tune in next week as we bring on other exciting CEOs that are here to give us, again, tips and tricks on what it takes to be the best leader you can possibly be. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to like us on LinkedIn, follow us on social media, um, and we hope to see you guys next time.